0: And we are back with another episode of From the Rafter. Sam and I are here recording on Monday, May 30th, and the Boston Celtics are going to the NBA Finals for the first time since 2010. The first time since, I mean, obviously we were old enough and there to appreciate it. Yeah, since, since we've become adults. For the first time in our adult lives, the Celtics are in the Finals after Eastern Conference Finals appearances in four of the last six years. It finally broke through, took down the Miami Heat in Game 7, although, per usual, did not make it easy on themselves. But at this point, that doesn't matter anymore. I mean, you can say it matters because they have to pay the Warriors and they have to make adjustments. Sure. But in the grand scheme of things, they got here. They can adjust moving forward. They are in the NBA Finals, and I'm elated. I couldn't be happier.
1: Yeah, isn't it nice, right? Um they they sure don't make it easy, do they? Uh, <laughs> hey,
0: Derek White said, if it was easy, it wouldn't be us.
1: <laughs> I mean, I was sitting there losing my mind with my dad in the living room. I was like, oh, my God, they're going to lose. Oh, my God, they're going to lose. Brutal. When, when Jimmy Butler, like, went to shoot the three, I mean, there was no doubt in my mind that he was going to make it.
0: Yeah, me too, me too.
1: Like, that to me is like, I don't know if you've ever been in a situation where, like, something happens, and, like, you're like, wow, like, I really could have, like, died right there. But that's what that felt like. <laughs> like, I've had situations where, like, I've been on the highway and, like, you break and you make it. And, like, you don't hit the other car. Just like, a you know complete I mean?
0: heart dropper. It was just a complete yeah, heart And you're
1: like, oh, wow. like, And when you think about it, it's kind of scary. You're like, oh, wow. Like, I could have just died. And so thinking about that play is, is like that to me. I think I'm like, oh, man. Like, in a million other universes, that probably goes in.
0: It's like the big drop on the roller coaster, except without any of the excitement of being on a roller coaster. And I don't like roller. Well, coasters.
1: that's all the excitement. <laughs> you just won. Yeah. Yeah. I guess after winning,
0: uh, who who said it? I think it's gear. Shout out PJ. Message me afterwards. He go. People aren't appreciating the fact that Al Horford actually managed to grab the offensive or the, the rebound after the shot.
1: <laughs> I agree with that. He was
0: saying, like, imagine if the Celtics wouldn't it be the most Celtics thing ever if they gave yes. up uh offensive rebound after that Jimmy Macon
1: I would have went into yeah. the stratosphere if that happened
0: <laughs> and then I mean talk but, about big shot after big shot Kyle Lowry Max Struess. Max Struess was, was really good oh my God, down in the, the fourth quarter
1: way. of both yeah. of these last two games
0: yeah it was brutal I mean we'll get into all of it but him and Lowry came up big down the stretch Bam, Bam Adebayo played well I think this is a side note. It doesn't really have to have anything to do with the Celtics. They need to find better ways of getting him involved rather than, okay, go post up Al Horford because that's basically how he got all his points, which, I mean, it worked. He shot efficiently. But if you're the Heat, you have to imagine you'll be creating some ways for him to get involved other than posting up one of the best defensive big men in the, I don't want to say NBA, but a very good defensive big man. He's pretty good. In Al Horford. <laughs> um, But doesn't matter. Celtics got the job done, and Jimmy Butler still managed to be insane he was amazing in game six and seven uh Tim Bontemps voted him ECF uh MVP which I was initially mad at but I mean I kind of get it he was definitely the best player in the series but usually
1: dude it... people were real pissed about that like your brother tweeted at me and like at first I didn't even know like why he picked me I was like uh, I mean
0: yeah, I, I I don't know. I think it's because I talked to him, so he was probably just looking for other people's reactions. And I, I was mad at first too, because it's just kinda like that's I wasn't just kind of like, well, I was only mad because that's kind of his his mojo. That's just what Tim Bontemps does. He like covers Celtics, but he also doesn't like the Celtics, which is a weird combination. But I understand. I mean he was the best player, so it's it's I guess
1: hard to argue. He was the best uh, player in the obviously. last two games. I don't know about for the whole series because he was real bad for that stretch there.
0: I mean Tatum was bad for games too, though. There, there's a debate. We don't have to get into, the, into it. It
1: doesn't debate. matter to me. Shit. I mean, Butler could have had the award for all I care. It doesn't matter. Celtics won. I also thought <laughs> that's, that's all Brown, I care about. And
0: again, the award tech. I mean, realistically speaking, the award doesn't matter. But I think Jalen Brown should have won the award. I know I picked on him for his turnover struggles. <laughs> he was.
1: I Full circle J- J- moment, J- I He does a, qu- a complete <laughs> 180.
0: Hey, hey. As much as I, you know, shit on Brown for his turnover struggles, he was. The more efficient shooter, and he averaged less turnovers than Tatum did. And obviously, there's more to that. There's the rebounding and the passing. I mean, Tatum's playmaking was incredible, but I saw Brown as the best player for the Celtics in game seven. I really thought every time Miami Heat had like a momentum swing, scored a bucket, Jalen Brown was there. And he I fixed agree with that. The, the, the biggest thing for me was he fixed all the problems that he had throughout the rest of the series. He was driving into traffic almost every play, but not turning the ball over. I don't know how many he had. I think he had one or two. Um, and the one I saw was him just kind of losing it. Um, but he looked good. He did everything he wanted to do. He didn't even shoot well, but he still had an effective game. So that's what you want. But I mean, Tatum deserved it too. He, he was great. His playmaking was probably his best asset in that series, which is something you wouldn't imagine us saying a, a year ago from now. But again, none of it matters. Celtics are in the NBA finals, taking on the Golden State Warriors. Uh, and I mean, you got to, you got to give credit to Al Horford, man. That, that that might have been the best moment to watch him on the ground uh, after being, what what was the record? The most playoff games played without an appearance in the finals. 141. <laughs> Crazy. Crazy, man. And now the Celtics, uh, a team with zero finals games, will be going up against the Warriors team who has a
1: combined 123 with
0: all the finals, finals games. games. <laughs> yeah, literally. But uh, you, you got to feel for Al Horford, man. That's amazing. Just a huge congrats.
1: Yeah, of course. And especially, you know, wanting him to be a part of this team before it actually happened. And then being, I remember being so excited the day it happened. I'll never forget it. I woke up at like probably nine thirty. the trade had already happened. I look over at my iPad and there it is. And I was just so excited. He's just mm-hmm. such a great Celtic. Um, he really enjoys being on the team. He, he wants to win. He does everything correctly. Um, so there really is no better person to be happy for, I guess. And also, his uh, grandfather just passed away, I believe. Uh, not his grandmother. Yes.
0: Before Game Six,
1: I, I don't want to kill the wrong person, um, but I believe it was his grandfather, and that he was very close. Um, so that definitely meant a lot to him, you know. And his his dad was there, and everything. That was a really great moment for Al, obviously.
0: Yeah, I mean, shout out Al. Couldn't have happened to a, a better dude. Uh, he's amazing. He played amazing. Uh, his block on Bam was awesome. He played phenomenal defense throughout the entire game, despite the frustrating. I'll use the term whistle uh, in the first half. Uh, obviously, you never want to blame the whistle. The Celtics should have been up, blah, blah, blah. But it was obviously very enraging to at least people on Twitter um and before we get off the topic of game seven and talk about you know just the series as a whole players etc cetera, etc cetera, and we, we can touch on the Warriors uh series as well but I think we should do a full pod dedicated to that preview as well because we have the time um I want to talk about just how frustratingly annoying Kyle Lowry is just a second yeah, just, just because oh my my mom was texting me the whole game and keep in mind my mom doesn't really watch basketball she goes who's that short one on the heat yeah, I don't like him. Like, I was getting texts from people that barely watch basketball saying, that guy's annoying. And he like, it's hard to fully get mad at him because that's the kind of stuff Marcus Smart does. But at the same time, when it's happening and the reps are falling for it, that's when it gets even more frustrating. Because you, you look at that um, – I'm trying to think of the examples. That rebound Al Horford got over him where he just fell after yeah, like, just no fell. contact. That was nothing. I, I tweeted at somebody on Twitter because uh, Marcus Smart – uh, the the one where Larry ran into Smart and Smart was shuffling his feet and they collided and Marcus Smart got called for. Foul. Yeah, he got someone two cheated. of those.
1: Uh, yeah, on Marcus. So,
0: someone replied to Keith Smith saying his feet weren't set, and I said, "Oh, yeah, true. My bad. You're only taught to shuffle your feet on defense when you're ten years old. Like that, that, that's not the point of the argument. Like it wasn't a it, he wasn't trying to draw a charge. He was trying to play defense and keep him in front of him, and he did that. And well, the ref just kind of fell for
1: it. That's the funny thing, isn't it? Uh. For the longest time, as fans, you kind of understand block versus charge as set, not set. And that's really not what it is. I really feel I mean, like it should be moving legal. into the guy okay. and not moving into the guy. Because yes. if you're going laterally to block him off, it really shouldn't be a charge unless the, I mean, a block unless the guy's already jumped. Once mm-hmm. he jumps, you shouldn't be able to get in front of him because he can't move. But if you're guarding a guy driving to the gathers.
0: basket. I think it's gathers, not jumps, but it's effectively the same thing.
1: Dude, I don't know. I mean, that is the most complicated rule in all the land. Really, <laughs> it is. And that that's why these guys get paid a lot of money. And you can clown the refs all you want, but it's not an easy job. And no, the no. response is, well, they're in the NBA, and fine. But sure, it's yes. it's definitely not an easy job. Um, But, man... I will tell you, Kyle Lowry is the absolute worst. I can't wait till he retires, <laughs> and he's like 500 pounds. Oh my! Because God, he's like, he's like you. well on his way, and he's still playing. Like I don't that think dude... it's as bad. As no, no. <laughs> when, when that guy retires, he's literally like, look at Paul Pierce. Like Paul Pierce put on weight. Like it's going to be like that, but probably a little worse.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I mean, like I, Antoine I understand. Walker,
1: perhaps. Okay. You
0: know. Sure. I understand what you're saying. I, I I don't think it's necessarily as bad as what you're saying but dude he's the uh, I worst i don't no 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 i'm and talking about the way whine- i don't I know, think he's I that know,
1: but yeah. he's like actually the worst like the whining like you can say marcus like does all the irritating stuff on the floor but he really doesn't whine yeah marcus he's not a whiner Mar- tatum is a whiner grant williams is a whiner but Shout marcus out, my friend Shout out my friend Mitchell Weiner.
0: I don't know if he's listening. <laughs> but, oh, no, my yeah. God, that dude is just I the worst. I,
1: there, There is no better satisfaction to me that they've bounced him in two game sevens now because he's the worst. Mm-hmm. Lowry. Oh, he's the worst. And and good luck to Miami paying him that much money. Did we talk about this uh, after game five? I think we did briefly. Yeah,
0: we talked about the contracts.
1: Yeah, because we we went through all these players. I would pay. wouldn't pay. But good mm-hmm. luck to him. I mean, Butler and- earns his money in that series, but good luck to him <laughs> yeah i mean just incredibly frustrating
0: watching lowry incredibly wa- uh frustrating watching uh scott foster and eric lewis give him some of those calls especially well, at, lewis at the end of the second in the half game of yesterday
1: ride. he was getting Who was sex? it capers uh,
0: capers sorry my bad Josh. isn't it
1: bad that we know all this and, and it, this is not worth really talking about for much longer i know exactly
0: what you're saying yeah
1: literally it shouldn't it doesn't matter because they won and this is the argument I make every time people start complaining about the refs, literally just play better. And the Celtics weren't even yep. that great yesterday. They I guess they were probably better than I'm going to give them credit for just cuz that collapse at the end almost sent me to a mental hospital. Yeah. But really like one they won that game wire to wire, which is pretty impressive in a game 7 on the road. Also, they built that lead all the way up to 13 in the fourth quarter, which is impressive especially since Miami came out right out of the gates and got it down to three out of the break, and then they ballooned it back up. Like, that is really what you want to see from a championship team. It's unfortunate that Marcus Smart missed those five threes in a row. I don't really think they (laughs) were. No, seriously, I don't really think they were bad shots. Maybe the last two were, because you can think, okay, maybe I'll take a step in and just shoot a mid-range, because he's typically pretty good from the mid-range, and also, like, just work to get something else. You, You can't just Chuck and get the ball or give the ball up right away. But listen, just because he missed those shots doesn't necessarily make them bad shots. It's not great in the situation, especially with all the momentum going the other way. And you just couldn't get that last shot to ice the game. Yeah. But it realistically, if this is a regular season game and like the stakes aren't as high, if he's wide open like that off a catch, that should be fine.
0: And if you're any catch and shoot threes, I'm fine with Marcus taking, he hasn't been great, but he hasn't like, been bad in the playoffs either. Do you know what I'm saying? Like he's been yeah. a decent shooter in the playoffs. What, what is he shooting
1: in the postseason? seasons? Probably far? 30, 30 something percent, but he, did you have a massive issue with those shots? At least no, maybe the first three were fine. And then once he missed three in a row, then you kind of, are any for anybody, you're kind of like, all right, calm down a little bit.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But like
0: I said, any catch and shoot looks off of a paint touch. I'm fine with Marcus taking, I, if I remember correctly, I think one was a little bit contested, but I also know another one was like late in the shot clock. It's, it's, I didn't really have a problem with them at the time. I thought it sucked. They didn't go down, but in the moment I wasn't thinking, God damn it, Marcus, what are you doing? You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like that, that wasn't really my mentality. And as far as, you know, we're talking about were the Celtics, the better team, excuse me, the way I described it was, uh, I wrote the recap. So I remember making the analogy. Something along the lines of the heat were like the bug on the windshield wiper. And then the the Celtics had to keep running for windshield fluid. Like they couldn't get them off anytime. And they'd go to the gas station. They'd get more. They'd wipe them off a little bit, but there'd still be a little remnants left. And then they'd have to go back to the gas station. And then in time it took them to get more. The heat came back again, (laughs) but the Celtics were the better team. And they kind of rode the the start of the game. Realistically speaking, if they didn't start off as hot as they did, they would have been, I mean, it was a close game, but it would have been even more close because it was technically wire-to-wire. But, um, yeah, they just kind of kept letting the heat get right back into it and credit Miami, I guess, uh, for taking advantage of those opportunities because whenever the Celtics missed a shot, missed a layup, Jason Tatum missed what seemed to be 90 million layups uh, in Game 7. Miami ran it back down. Butler and one. Lowry and one. Adebayo and one. They'd get all these momentum shots. They gave Vincent, you know, three-point – sorry, four-point play Uh, which wasn't a foul, but whatever. Yeah.
1: Do you want me to complain about that? Like, you'd like to. (laughs) That's literally what I say all the time. Like, that's not a foul. It's never a foul. What is he supposed to do there? And and not to mention that that was an open shot for Vincent. Don't get me wrong. Like, he was a good shot. He was open. But you can't be rewarding guys for taking contested threes. Like, typically, that's just not a good shot. And should the defender be reckless? No. But just because. Just because you shoot and fall down doesn't mean it should be a foul. This is starting to get ridiculous. And in the offseason, I really hope that the league puts more emphasis on this. They did a great job this season getting rid of the foul baiting. There's a lot less of it now. But, man, that is annoying to watch. If you're out at the park playing with your friends or whatever, even if they're not your friends and you're just playing pickup – Dude, nobody is doing that. Nobody is taking a jump shot and falling no. down because you were close to them. It, that just doesn't happen.
0: No, it doesn't. I'm looking at the play now, and it like Horford very clearly steps to the side, and the only contact that is made before Gabe Vincent falls down and springs his legs into him is the hand, which we've determined. I don't know if that's a foul because it's gotten called back on Luca. Uh, when, when, when Luca hit Smart's hand and they right. called it a foul and then they said it wasn't. But then every time the Celtics do it, it's a foul. So there's so much inconsistency just throughout the course of the season and even throughout the course of a game. Like you look at Lowry's charge on that he drew on Jalen Brown. Five minutes later, Marcus Smart. You know, got called for a charge or a blocking foul against Jimmy Butler, which was the exact same play. It just, there, there's no consistency in the way games are wrapped. And I'm not, com- I'm, well, I am complaining, but it doesn't matter because the Celtics won, like you always say. But it, it's frustrating when it's inconsistent. And there were calls that were bad for the Heat, too, right? Like, I'm not going to sit here and say, you know, the Heat got called a perfect game and the Celtics got screwed. Obviously, not there
1: were. What do you think of the calls calls ways, But that they I went back?
0: It was close um i dislike the notion that saying oh i saw someone compare that to the kevin durant toe three-pointer like we feel like we feel you uh nets fans now because our season got screwed because not the same thing not even close to the same thing one was at the final second shot of a buzzer beater and you know heading to overtime and one was in the second quarter or third quarter not the same thing i understand the momentum swing et cetera. Et cetera but like if, if Struce hits that three that doesn't mean the heat win the game and they also lost by four, so it, it doesn't even mathematically well, mathematically made sense. Um, obviously, momentum would have been different. But <laughs> it, of course, it would have changed the situation, but it was not the same as the Kevin Durant <laughs> three-pointer that quite literally would have won them the series. If the game you know was I'm
1: reversed, saying. we'd all be talking about it. You'd be mad, yeah. I we, mean, I'd be mad. About it. I, I, there <laughs> I have been, been moments where the Celtics have had that happen to them. It hasn't been in a game seven in the conference mm-hmm. finals, but I remember specifically there was a game, I don't remember who they played, but Pritchard had one that that was the same thing. And I just remember being like, can they do that? It is weird that they can go back and change it. I'll give heat fans that it's kind of what the weirdest thing to me was after in game six, which we have not talked about, which was a disaster. I was unhappy yesterday to even have to watch Mm -hmm. a game, but in game six, when uh, they called the foul at the end of the game, that they overturned into a charge when uh, Oladipo was out of the circle. And they yes. reviewed that without a challenge. Isn't that the whole point of the challenge that? Yeah, that don't was also have a... those
0: reviews anymore. Except that there's like a weird contingent in the rule that allows for that specific review to check if they're inside or outside of the circle, which is dumb. Uh, stupid. <laughs> which is also dumb.
1: <laughs> but And that doesn't change the yeah. game either. I mean, yeah. they still were down four, six at the time, but it was just like the whole point of the challenge is t- so that doesn't happen anymore. That, yeah. That's just something else.
0: Upon looking at the shot, it like it—it's so tough to tell. Like it very clearly hovers over the line, like. But then the debate is: if your foot hovers over the line, are you out of bounds? And if not, then did his heel touch down at the line at any point? Clearly, the NBA thought it was close enough that they wiped it away. Uh, like you said, I'll be the first to admit that if I was a Celtics fan and that happened to me. Uh, I'd be mad, you know, if that happened to a Celtics player. I'd be pissed off as well. So I'm not going to sit here and say, you know, shut up, Heat fans. But I'm also going to say that Struce making that shot, while it does change the momentum of the game, does not automatically mean the Heat would have won if Struce made that shot. You know what I'm saying? Like, sure, maybe it could have been a closer game, et cetera, et cetera. But, like, the notion that, oh, the Heat got screwed, they would have been in the NBA Finals right now if the NBA did this, not really that black and white. And I really dislike the notion that it's the same as the Kevin Durant thing. Because again, one's in the third quarter and one happened at the buzzer of an over uh, of a game that went to overtime. Uh, that would have been over if his foot wasn't on the line. But regardless, doesn't matter anymore. Celtics are in the finals. Um, shout out Jimmy Butler. I mean, you can't really ask for much more from him. Do you have a problem with the shot that he took? I've seen this going around a lot. No, the I mean, I thought the okay. shot
1: was going in. No, I mean, if I was on the other side, you can you can nitpick moments like that in a close loss all the time you'd say what if this play went different what if?" apparently there were a
0: lot of heat fans on twitter like shitting on Jimmy. of course they were i mean
1: if it was the other way around you would be all of us would be questioning it today should he have taken that shot should he have gone to the basket Mm -hmm. dude i don't think there's a single person that thought that shot wasn't going in yeah i I mean he's been pretty good and mind you that jimmy butler is not a traditionally a good three-point shooter however a three-pointer in that scenario is an easier shot than any other three. He's literally walking into a three. Like there is no other shot. I'd rather like have someone take as a three. I'm sorry. And it looked good. He just missed. It's just unlucky. Spolster said he was fine with it. Like I get it. I get nitpicking and like, Oh man, dissecting. Oh man. You know, if he just went in, they could have went to overtime and the game could have went longer, but I mean, it didn't happen. And, in my opinion, it's a good shot. and I'm on the other end of it, and I don't think he's a good three-point shooter, but in in the situation where he was red hot, they were on a run, like, I don't know. It, it's an appropriate time for that shot.
0: My thing is, he's been so hot. He's been your best player by far, the best player in the series. He, did, he's, he earned the right to take that shot. I'll put it that way. I, I have no problem with Jimmy Butler taking that shot. If it was Jason Tatum, he did the same thing. Would I be, would there be frustration mounting in the Celtics loss because of this? Blah blah. blah? Sure. But from a neutral fan perspective, I don't have a problem with Jimmy taking that shot. And that, that was kind of the general consensus I got from neutral fans on Twitter as well. You know, he's playing so well. He played so well in game six. He was really outside of, I guess, Bam, the only player to have anything going on offense. Could you have attacked Al Horford? Sure. Is it smart to attack Al Horford in the paint? Maybe not. I mean, Horford's not a bum. He was backing backing up though, you know, momentum. You've got all this, blah, blah, blah. Could he have taken an extra step and hoped Al Horford took an extra step back? Sure. You know, people are saying he didn't want to go to overtime because he was tired. Maybe Jimmy Butler was kind of saying, I saw a shot to win the game. I took it. I I, I have no problem with it. I'll I'll leave it at that. I guess I don't think there's an issue with the shot. He earned it, but yeah,
1: I honestly am having like anxiety talking about it because like, I just can't believe that didn't go in thinking about like that moment yeah. of time, like watching it. I was like, Oh my God, they just lost. I was like, they just yep. blew a 13 point lead with three minutes left. I was like, Oh my God, they just lost. I was like hysterical. Yeah. It was bad. <laughs> like, I was like an adult, like child. I was like, and then I was like, after my dad it, how'd was you scared. feel?
0: How'd you feel after you missed it?
1: I was relieved. I was like, Oh my God, I can't <laughs> believe you just missed that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh anyways, we can move on to other things. Uh, report Celtics. Are giving Al Horford the full money next season, no matter what. They're going to bring him back. 26.5 million, no matter what happens in the NBA finals. He is going to be a Boston Celtic next season. Thank God. i I'm perfectly happy all, with that. All of
1: a sudden they don't want to be cheap anymore.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean there is something that said uh It comes with winning. It, Yes, someone when you start winning they're like,
1: "All right, here's some money."
0: <laughs> well, Keith tweeted, well, he if, if he was on the roster, he'd get the 26.5 anyways. Mm-hmm. It, the the non-guaranteed money is only if they release him. So like it doesn't matter if he's on the roster, he'll get the 26.5 anyways. Basically, they're just saying like he's going to be back. So, they're bringing out back, which is great. Um I was also going to say the other thing speaking of money, if the Celtics win the finals, they are no longer they have no longer dipped a luxury tax because they're around 358000 below it right now. Uh, but if they win the finals, they will go above it. But if they lose the finals, they will stay below it thanks to some guarantees or clauses in Jalen Brown's contract. Um, then again, I don't think Wick would mind paying luxury tax if they win a title. <laughs> so, Dude, I want
1: them to win yeah. the title more out of spite. <laughs> i knew you were gonna say that That's because why I, I mean at the trade deadline i was furious that they i mean listen they did an excellent job at the trade deadline they Phenomenal. they took out the right pieces and brought in the correct pieces i
0: still think it's a crime brad stevens wasn't top whatever for executive of the year but continue. who won uh <sighs> grizzlies grizzlies i think what did I they even do executive of the i mean just drafting well um Bringing the right pieces, Stephen Adams trade. Uh, I guess, but uh, dude, look at this good, this good team, roster. This team construction. goes hard, man. Like I think, just good roster construction. I'm looking to see more. Uh, it's so funny. I assembled that- a roster that finished second best record in the NBA this season, single franchise record for victories. Uh, John Morant, I don't know, just development, etc. Putting the right pieces around. Um, Stephen Adams trade, Zaire Williams trade.
1: Uh, I think that is about it. But yeah, I'm telling you, man, Brad, Brad knew that this team was good that he had as a coach. And he, he was like, wow, I miss all these guys. And he brought them back. (laughs) Yep. Once Horford left they they really missed him and bringing him back was huge. That, that dude rules. He's, he's just such a great team player. I'm real happy. He's getting the chance to play in the finals. I hope they win. Obviously. I hope they win. Um, and we can talk more about that in a separate episode because that sounds like a good idea to me. But seriously, that's that's crazy that they've had this opportunity. The dude was literally sitting out last year because they wanted to play in OKC, and now he's an impact player on this championship uh, series team.
0: Yeah, just incredible. Brad Stevens received one first-place vote, four second-place votes. And three third place votes he finished one, two, three, four, five, sixth in the for executive of the year. <laughs> Those above him. Man, you can tell me whether or not they deserve to be above him. I think he uh, probably should have won the award, but you you can tell me if it's criminal, uh, the person being above them. Grizzlies number one. He won it. What do you think? Ridiculous? Not I good. Just,
1: I just they didn't really do anything.
0: Well, in terms of moves, I understand, but he put together that's plan.
1: what I mean. Like, in terms of like moves, like there was no like real shift in the. I team. know,
0: I think the thought process was he dra- He. it's basically an entirely drafted or traded 14. You know, what I'm saying like he made all the moves to put this roster together, it just took a year for it to, to flourish. I understand your argument too, but I'm just playing devil's advocate. Kobe Altman, Cleveland GM finished second, uh, Evan Mobley draft. Um, the Jared Allen trade, I guess, carried over, and he ex- he extended Jared Allen <laughs> into this season. Um, I, My I man, that think... team didn't even
1: make the playoffs. True. They didn't make the playoffs, man. I, I, like, I was what? just explaining.
0: I was just explaining <laughs> moves. Um, Arturs carnisovas Chicago. Demar Derozan signing. What? Lonzo, Lonzo Ball signing. Um, no, they
1: they seriously did do a lot to to change that team up, but the team mm-hmm. still kind of sucked. Forty-six Lon- wins. Lonzo was very good when he was healthy. They had but a good season, not a great. Season. Dude, Celtics teams were ducking season. to play them in the playoffs.
0: This is like, really. Um. Next is James Jones, Phoenix. Okay, that's
1: fair. Um, but really, what did they do? What did they do? They
0: differently? brought in Javale McGee. They didn't extend DeAndre Ayton. <laughs> they. I don't know if there were many other changes that were made. They brought in Alfred Payton. Yeah? yeah. No? no. <laughs> well, they overachieved
1: this year. You know, They went much further than they did last season. Uh, and the last person
0: to finish above Boston was Pat Riley, Miami. I mean, that's fair, though. They,
1: they had a lot of... See, I think that's almost more impressive than any other team just because all those guys they have that are important players on their team are like guys they got for nothing.
0: Yep, brought in Kyle Lowry. Um, this, he's obviously not nothing, but signed Kyle Lowry, signed oh, PJ Tucker, Marquis uh, Morris. Morris.
1: That series, he was nothing.
0: <laughs> they found Max Reuss. It got him on a new contract, uh, league minimum, which is crazy. Uh, Omer Yurtseven, league minimum contract. Uh, Gabe Vincent, league minimum contract. Pat Riley and Brad Stevens probably should have been one too. I understand the Chicago argument as well. I think those guys probably should have been one, two, three. And after Brad Stevens, the only other guys to receive first-place votes, uh, Toronto, Milwaukee, Minnesota. Those are the last three teams. to get some first-place votes, which I guess understandable. (laughs) I mean, I don't really know what Milwaukee did. They kind of just ran back the same team but lost P.J. Tucker. They lost
1: P.J. Tucker. They replaced (laughs) him with Ojale. Yep, huge. Uh,
0: Toronto, Scotty Barnes, draft pick, I guess, is good enough to earn you a vote that that's – Pretty impressive. The bringing pressure to uh for nothing was good too. And then Minnesota. What did Minnesota do? Jared Vanderbilt, new contract. Signing Patrick Beverly, I guess, igniting that new culture. Sure. Right. I had no problem with that. But anyways. That. <laughs> Brad Stevens got chipped is the point I'm making. But speaking of the trade deadline, I also wanted to bring uh this up. There's something on Twitter today. <clears throat> Someone wrote an this. article for Celtic's blog a while ago called uh why the Derek White trade was a disaster, freezing cold takes a Twitter account, uh, tweeted it out. Someone just responded to my uh, response saying, give us authors at and we're forgive the blog as a whole. (laughs) But um, I tweeted out my response saying some of us knew and it was an article I put out in response Mm -hmm. the same day saying the Derek White trade was a massive win for the Celtics. And I'm feeling pretty good about that article right now. I know you mm-hmm. didn't love it at the time, and I'm not saying you were adamantly against I it. I didn't hate it. My yeah. stance was I really Rich. liked
1: Richardson. And I was like, but, damn, like they're probably about the same level of player, which it turns out that they are not. Derek White, um, man. just Derek White was real good in those last four games of the series.
0: Since he became a dad. Yeah. Dad's strengthen. The, he didn't even have an amazing game last night, but you know what he did? He hit his threes, which is he everything hit big anybody threes. yes. Oh, uh, Derek White, man. It's impossible to love that guy. He he says everything correctly. Uh he plays the game the right way. He plays hard. He rarely complains. And when Derek White complains, you know the foul call is probably some bullshit. Uh, as evidenced by the two last two-minute report calls uh, in game six on him that were deemed as incorrect calls. <laughs> so you got to love Derek Whiteman. He, he's been awesome uh, since the trade. What did I write in my in my tweet? Because I tweeted out the pictures. I said, it's totally fair to dislike the trade. Everyone is completely entitled to their own opinions. But adding White to the mix improves this team, both right now and for the future. Looking at the surface, trading Richardson, Langford, and Picks might seem like a lot. But when you dig a little deeper, this trade was a clear win for Stevens and the Celtics and i i don't think it anything more can be said and i even saw someone tweet out someone find me the stats of how many 2027 first round picks have made the nba finals and i'll I'll start talking which i thought was funny as well but derek, derek white i mean not enough good
1: things you can put, say about him oh he was great and he was he was mentally strong it feel it felt like he made all the big shots
0: he's like a guard version of horford that that's the way i can phrase yeah, fair. It. that that's
1: how i see it Horford made some pretty big shots just he missed some big ones too. But. In
0: terms of his composure and professionalism is what I mean. Like, this is what I mean when I call him the Marcus Smart without the, I don't want to say drama, without the antics. He's Marcus Smart without the antics, um, which you love the antics as a Celtics fan. But it's also nice to have another guy on the roster who does the same things, but has the you know same thing. And I'm not saying Marcus Smart's not professional, but...
1: You understand my point. (laughs) This roster is really made up of a bunch of good dudes. (laughs) It's awesome. Like like really, like from the top down, like emails. There's no hateable player. Guy. Like past rosters,
0: there's always been a hateable player.
1: Yeah, like Kyrie was a prick. Towards the end, Rondo was kind of a prick. And Uh, not
0: even like personality wise, just in terms of how they fit into the team. There's nobody on this roster that is like like going back to earlier this season, I was just talking to Zoe uh this morning and i was saying this is really the same team that dennis schroeder and ennis freedom were on this is that team
1: (laughs) i feel bad for schroeder man or however you're supposed to say his name like you know you have a yeah he was not a good fit yeah i saw that today crazy well good for him crazy to me i mean he's clearly a nice guy i just didn't like his fit he didn't fit well i mean he wasn't he, he didn't seem to be an issue in terms of uh like uh chemistry and 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 like pissing people off like that kind of sense yeah. like it just didn't it didn't, just didn't. fit well the best for sure. the best thing is Derek White that was very good he's awesome I'm, I'm glad he fits in well I'm glad they've had success this is just mm-hmm. a team you you really like to root for and you see listen I I don't remember as much when I was younger when they were in the finals but I mean people are really into this like yeah. they really like these guys
0: it's great. I mean, it's easy to get behind a team that gets to the finals. I'll say that. So there's definitely some bandwagons, but all all aboard. Come on. Come through. We need the support. Uh, well, they don't need it, but you love the support. You love to see the uh, Dude, listen city to some podcasts. Themselves.
1: Educate yourself. You know, perhaps this one from the
0: Raptors, man, at from Raptors pod on Twitter. Check mm. it out. Uh, check it out. But yeah, man, it, it, it's great to see. Uh, and even the bench guys right they have uh, i'll make the comparison to Theo Pinson who I know I don't know if you're a fan of or not but you know no, what I'm saying like well he was
1: on this team by the way
0: he was but he's very well known around the league for being that a good culture guy look at malik Fitz and and Matt Ryan man those two I'll keep pointing yeah, to Matt
1: Ryan Matt Ryan oh, seriously? Who, doesn't, who doesn't even like dress
0: well it doesn't matter cuz he's a two-way guy he's not eligible to play that's but,
1: fine, but he's still fire. Like it's just so funny. Did like, you see
0: the video of him hugging Horford at the game? Uh, I don't know. I'll, I'll I'll bring it up right now. If you're on YouTube, you can watch it. But just like hearing the way they all interact, like he interacts with them, it's very clear that he's like. It, it's a culture thing. Like it's very clear that he's deeply embedded in Celtics culture. He's loud. It seems like he's the type of guy who's loud in the locker room uh he's very involved very animated malik fits too but like (laughs) just watch this here i have it i have it here if you want to take a look um can you hear it
1: i cannot hear it
0: okay wait a second wait a second let me bear with us technical difficulties i don't know if you'll be able to hear it but uh excuse me i can share entire screen and share just system audio uh okay let me know can you see it now I can see it. You see? All right. Ready? Ready? There you go. This is a great video. <laughs> Horford lying in the park. Listen, listen to that, Ryan. Just him, like, screaming at Horford. Does
1: okay. I am going to send you something else that I want you to play. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. Send it on Twitter. We, we don't we'll have to, like, it play it right this second, but this is the best thing I've seen today. All right. For those listening,
0: Matt Ryan basically just going up. You can see it on ESPN. Uh, the comment is, Al Horford let it all out after reaching his first NBA finals. And Matt Ryan just comes over and starts yelling, OG, oh, and like starts screaming. I just love Matt Ryan uh, and the vibes he brings. And that's the perfect word. Just vibes. Him and Malik Fitz are just the perfect dynamic duo. Well, it's good. These guys, Sam they want to be
1: here, man. <laughs> Sam sent this me a is link. This greatest.
0: To a Celtics fan. I don't know if the people listening Have can hear this? the audio. but No, I haven't. But I'll listen. Well, if
1: I mean, I'm sure they can hear the audio. If I can hear it, I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> well, I can't hear it if you're watching it now. Oh, you? Oh, i I, I you have to share your screen, dummy. Yeah, my dumbass. See, look it's now. Now, sure. now your genuine reaction is gone.
0: I know, I know, but uh, hey, hey. Once I see it, I'm rate. gonna have
1: a reaction because this is fire. All right, here we go. You gotta put the sound on. I can't hear it.
0: Oh my god, Streamyard giving me hell. Just, just if, just share the screen, the audio automatically streamyard, please. All right, all right, here we go, here we go. System audio for you. There you go.
1: 2008. I was. (laughs) That's the last time we won. I mean, let's go Celtics. (laughs) I (laughs) need (laughs) it.
0: That guy is uh, the best. Hey, what a beast, man.
1: Do you, you don't know him, right? Like no, you, I don't know him. I, I, <laughs> I obviously like get up early for work and I think that guy who tweeted is an anchor at BC, so he's up doing the morning show. But that guy, the fan is just the best. And if you haven't <laughs> seen it, he's he's obviously like out near the garden, probably at Timmy G's uh game seven party there at Big yep, Live. Yep. And he's got I believe it's a bird jersey on. I could be wrong. And he's well, you can't really tell. Yeah, you can't but he's got that. he's got the basketball hat on with with lucky on the front. It and looks like is a number your eight typical guy. Jersey. Okay, no, not Can number. Eight. It, it's one number. It might, number, be, it might it be Tatum. Like,
0: yeah, it's probably Tatum jersey. It could be a zero. Yeah, but that guy, he, he's everything. He might be the I new Celtics or the balls guy. <laughs> i hope you can hear in the recording i assume you can If sam could hear it but i mean
1: I'd, I'd imagine you can but he is just giving it all out there i'm so amped
0: up man this finals is gonna be good and i know you don't hope for a good series i know you hope you you blow them out
1: but I'd love to see a sweep absolutely is. you are favor i'd love to see a sweep
0: for as long as I've known you, the Warriors have been your second team. So I know. I, the, I, you know I appreciate heart, the
1: Warriors.
0: I know in your heart, you know this is going to be a good series. You it sucks because this-
1: I—I was thinking about it today. I'm like, damn, I have to start like disliking Draymond. <laughs> I was like, just I don't have to. to up. I don't have to, but I know it's going to happen. I'm gonna be like, I going to a prick.
0: I was going to ask you. I know you like Draymond, but I do like as Draymond. you watch the series, he. <laughs> carries himself like kyle lowry did in that heat series but so the I feel difference like is like
1: him. before the Raptors series a few years ago like i still didn't like lowry like i thought he wasn't good and <laughs> i was like i remember that this guy's just like ah, he's he, like in in draymond's like one and been a big part of them winning like well that so raptor's team no no that raptor's team really felt like <laughs> a carry job by leonard and it, it that's you can't convince me otherwise right. i don't care what stats you pull that's just what it felt like and the warriors are such a complete team where all those guys matter and Draymond is so uh, plugged in with those guys and knows where they're going to be, yep. and they have such good chemistry to where he is an essential part of them winning. Yes. And also, I think Draymond would be an excellent Celtic, and he almost joined the team in 2015, he said, on his podcast. Yeah. I remember listening. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I'll always kind of have respect for that dude, but he's going to piss me off over the next two weeks.
0: The way I phrase it is it's kind of going to feel like Steph Curry versus Jason Tatum, Klay Thompson versus Jalen Brown, and Draymond Green versus Marcus Smart, and then you also have obviously Jordan Poole, Al Horford, Andrew Wiggins, Robert Williams, all these guys uh, on the bench, etc. But Draymond Green versus Marcus Smart is going to be a series, man. Like it's it's going to be phenomenal. Those two are two of the fiercest competitors in the NBA. If there's one guy I would put above Marcus on that list, I'm not saying I would, but like if I had to choose, it would be Draymond. Um, <clears throat> watching them battle, it's going to be crazy. And uh, for uh The Enjoy Basketball newsletter, which I write every Sunday with uh, King of the Fourth Quarter, Kenny, Uh, I talked about some advantages and disadvantages in the series. And we can get into a deep dive of the preview, but off rip in the last few minutes we were recording here, I'll I'll get your thoughts on these. And these were – I did one advantage and one disadvantage for each team heading into the series. Mm -hmm. Uh, And this is is what I came up with. Let me – excuse me. Let me scroll to this here. The first advantage for the Warriors is experience. I mean, obviously, they know the moment. They've been here before the finals game stats. So that was the advantage I gave them. Uh, the advantage I gave the Celtics was defense. I know the Warriors have a great defense too, but they haven't had to face a defense like the Celtics yet. If you think about the teams they faced, they faced teams who realistically speaking, one guy will kill you. They faced Jokic and the Nuggets. They faced John Morant and the Grizzlies. And Morant was hurt for half the series. So it was really like, <laughs> you know, Dylan Brooks uh, and the Grizzlies. And then they faced Luca and the Mavs. They face three teams where it's one spearhead guys and a bunch of role players. And that, that that's a bit disrespectful to the Grizzlies. But with Jaws' injury, it just like it's, it makes even more sense. The Celtics have two of the best individual scores in the NBA. Seeing, I'm not saying the Warriors are unable to guard Tatum and Brown, but it's not going to be easy. And it's unlike anything they've had to face in the playoffs. <clears throat> and obviously the Celtics yeah. are the best team against the Warriors over the last seven years. Uh, disadvantages for the Warriors, it is just that, guarding multiple weapons. They haven't had to guard them you know, et cetera, et cetera. Like they're going to have to, uh, Celtics can attack Curry and Poole if they need to. Um, and for the Celtics defense, obviously you have enough wing defenders to give the Warriors. Hits. I think I flipped my arguments there for Celtics defense as an advantage. I meant to say they haven't had to face a defensive team that doesn't have any holes or you look up and down the roster outside of Peyton Pritchard. There's nobody in the Celtics lineup that I don't trust to guard Steph Curry. for stay. Even Pritchard, you know
1: man, I mean, he's not going to guard Curry, but he's really not that bad defensively, and he did a real good job on Tyler Hero at points in this Heat series. Yes. He's not somebody that's just going to roll over. He's not it, Kemba when he didn't have his knee in that bubble mm-hmm. playoffs. Like
0: My point is there's nobody for the Warriors to attack, really, and mm-hmm. I agree with that because he tries is what Pritchard does, which is all you need from him. And then the disadvantage for the Celtics is, I just wrote, collapses. Like, these collapses won't fly against the Warriors. Uh, They barely uh, flew against the Heat, and the Warriors had... The Heat kind of sucked,
1: man. I'm sorry. Listen, (laughs) I know you disagree, and and you think they're a much better team than what you saw, but, dude, they should have beat them in, like, five games. I'm sorry. Like, they should have. The Celtics shot themselves in the foot more times than you can count, and they, they almost did, like, a nice grand finale for all of us to watch. But seriously, that Heat team sucks.
0: I saw something on Twitter that said, uh, "I wish I could." It was like from Heat fan. It said, "I wish I could sit back and say at least a better team
1: won, but they didn't." And I was just like, okay. "What? <laughs> that team sucks."
0: Besides, right. no, 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 <laughs> on, I, no.
1: Because now I'm going to defend this. Jimmy Butler was fantastic, right? He was great. I love Jimmy. Bam uh, was yeah. was pretty good for the most part. Besides that, the rest of those dudes suck. Or at least they sucked in that series. That doesn't mean they're bad players overall. I guess it's really not fair to say, but in that series, the team that was out there against the Celtics sucked. <laughs> it's embarrassing that it went to seven games, especially with game six and the way it went. It's just bad. Like, like those dudes sucked in that series. <laughs> Like Lowry was bad in that series. He had that one game six. He was decent. Besides that, he sucked. Yep. Max Drew sucked yep. in most of that series. I mean, you name it. Hero didn't even play. And when he did play, he wasn't that effective. He had good game one. That was it. Bam. I said, bam, he was pretty good. Okay. Anyways, uh, you know, I
0: disagree. I think the Heat team's a good team and they'll be back, but. I'm, Anyways, I'm not saying
1: they won't be back. I just think they sucked in this series. And it's kind of embarrassing that apart. it went this far.
0: Fair enough. Celtics, I think, were the better team as well. Anyways, uh, we can wrap it up there. there. Anything else you want to say before we get out of here? No,
1: man, I'm tired. I, I will say, to to kind of piggyback on the points you made, though, the collapses will not go. It won't happen. It will not work in this series against Golden State. Your margin for error is so much smaller now it's it imagine against Milwaukee, right? Milwaukee, they were pretty good they they only collapsed once, and when they did collapse, it really hurt them, and they paid for yeah. it, but in that Buck series, those games were all important, and they really didn't slip up that often in this heat series, they slipped up countless times. Game one they slipped up, game three they slipped up at first, got all the way back, and slipped up again. Game five, they were great. Game six, they slipped up. They couldn't execute down the stretch, they went up three and then crapped themselves. And they they almost did it at the end of game seven. Keep your eyes open for this. And I also want to say, uh, heading into the Warriors series, I'm hoping this rest helps out Rob, who did not look to be 100%. However, he still still did some good things. You know, he was there. Yeah. his job. For sure.
0: Anyways, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Uh, we'll have a Warriors Celtics preview out of you somewhat soon. I think I might, or we might try to get, uh, it's an idea I had, I not even told Sam this to spring on him, but try to get the Warriors guy in, talk like, try to get unbiased opinions. <laughs> Maybe that won't show with you, but I, I know don't, know you like I don't Warriors, think I'm but... biased with this series. That's what I was going to say. I was going to say, I know you like the Warriors, so it might not be as biased as sometimes it can be, but... We'll get someone in. Get both perspectives. In. We could do Just that. To explain the Warriors. I also kind least. of you know
1: would, I've been thinking about it. And I really think it would have been great after Game Six to do this. Uh, to get Andrew Doxy back, I think he'd be a good guest. We'll get this. him on. I, too. I don't know if he's around or if he's super busy right now, but I wouldn't mind talking to him before this. We'll
0: try to get Andrew on sometime soon. I mean, we have a nice little gap here. We can get a Warriors guy and Andrew on. and Get a few podcasts for you before the uh, final start. Oh boy, that's a busy week. We'll get, we'll get a busy weekend, you know, know (laughs) anyways, thank you guys so much for tuning in. We appreciate it. Check out from the Raptors on Twitter at from Raptors pod and I'll Mm. throw it over to Sam.
1: Yeah. Thank you guys very much for listening or watching and, you know, uh, celebrating the win as we, we have been doing. Uh, If you're watching, you're on YouTube, probably on guy Boston or Bannertown. That's the case. Make sure you like and subscribe to the channels. That way well, you can catch everything we do. And if you're on Guy Boss, you can catch the pre- and halftime shows we've been doing. That halftime yes, shows have been new. They've been heated. Jack told me to shut the fuck up yesterday. And <laughs> it was fine. Jack, you felt bad about that. I was like, dude, don't worry about it. I don't blow up often. You know that. So I didn't even think <laughs> I really deserved it. That's the thing. I was like, I didn't even do anything, man. I was just, mad. I was just pissed off.
0: What happened was you... I think unintentionally interrupted my the argument that I was making with a point that I was directly ar- about to argue against. So in my head, I was like, "This motherfucker! This is exactly what I was about to say," and so I just got mad. So that, that's where I, my head was at. Because you said something like, "I don't you know, even remember what it was." I, I don't even remember either. But it was
1: exactly. I mean, listen. I was so I was so miserable to where I. <laughs> and, I Rightly so. I I didn't even want to be watching a game yesterday. Like, I was miserable before we even did the pregame. I was like, man, I I really – mind you, before we completely wrap, I will put you in uh, perspective as a listener. I am a big Liverpool fan. So, four years ago, (laughs) four years ago, in 2018, the Celtics uh, played Cleveland. They went up 3-2. They lost game six on Friday. Liverpool were in the Champions League final against Real Madrid. They lost the final on Saturday, and then the Celtics came home and lost game seven on Sunday. That was a very painful experience. (laughs) And here I was riding high Friday morning saying there's no way they lose this game six, which is not something I ever say with the Celtics. I'm typically very cynical, but I said there's no way they'll lose. The Celtics lose game six on Friday. Liverpool lose the Champions League final, which they should have won. By the way, this is different than the last time. Last time they were dogs. This time they were favored, and they <laughs> lose to Real Madrid. And then here we go on Sunday for Game Seven. But the Celtics—they did it, man. They they kept Sam uh, off the old electric chair. Jeez. Right? You and LeBron rooting for the same soccer club. How's that feel? Well, listen, it makes me feel a little bit better about them losing, but. <laughs> anyways uh if you're listening on a streaming service you can follow the pod that way uh you get it before it's tweeted jack we have the new twitter account at from rafters pod Bingo. which has been uh getting the new pods out there which has been great sir sure. um and also other content a couple tweets there and you can follow that you can follow at jack simone mba jack does all kinds of work he does the enjoy basketball newsletter he writes on Celtics blog he's all over the place heavy.com you name it he's on it and you can follow me at Sam LaFrance NBA if I uh, want to complain yesterday I, I got a good amount of likes complaining about them saying <laughs> game seven is the best two words in sports which it is not especially when you lose game <laughs> six <laughs> oh, brutal but anyways thank you very much for listening that's our show mm-hmm. check tackle come on tackle